one and all, and we are glad you are with us. If you hear the roar in the background, that is the roar of motorcycles. We are live. We are here in Sturgis, South Dakota. And uh, a great time, great place. And we are at the, the Full Throttle uh, Saloon, Pappy Hoyle Campground. And uh, the rain is back today. It has been weird because uh, this is an area that usually at this time of year, uh, if you remember last year's program, we were sitting up here. It was 107 degrees. It was damn near stifling. And uh, just got people walking through. Right through the camera shot. Nice. Uh, so anyway, long story short, we've got uh, what is normally like 107 degrees. And you've got you know, stifling heat and humidity. It's been cool. It's been rainy. It's been um, weird. But that being said, it's still great. It's great to be here. And uh, what we've had here is uh, nothing but fun. Yesterday was a pool day. We kind of hung out. Uh, There's a lot of pictures over on the Facebook fan page. If you want to check it out, you can. Uh, Also, we uh, had a great night down in Deadwood, South Dakota. But over the weekend, a lot of sports to pay attention to as well. And uh, which is absolutely awesome, uh, although the Brewers only won one game over the weekend. That was a little bit disappointing uh, to see. Uh, but that being said, it's been uh, it's been good. Packers reaction from family night. Uh, also a really good article by Albert Breer. We're going to talk with Mike Clements coming up in about an hour from now about his thoughts of family night, Jordan Love's performance. And I want to get your thoughts and for, uh, on his performance as well coming up here in just a little bit. But... Uh, an interesting family, and I, I've seen the comparison for everybody that sent it to me between the the night of practice in Chicago versus the family night gathering via the uh, Lambeau Field crowd, and uh, what, <laughs> the difference between the two fan bases. And I 100% get it; I understand it. But I there I woke up today, and there were just so many people that had sent it to me. So. Uh, thanks to everybody that uh, either texted it to me or emailed it to me or what have you. But yeah, I got a chance to see it, and I, I it does it makes me chuckle all the time, you know, because there's there's just not a lot of comparison when you talk about the fan bases of the Green Bay Packers and then insert anybody else. Uh, there are some incredibly faithful fan bases. Uh, there's a, a Dallas Cowboy we always talk about. Pittsburgh is a very staunch fan base. Um, you know, you've got a few others that have been around. Well, the Giants are staunch, but they're nowhere near as passionate in New York, and they don't show up the way Packers fans do, let's be honest. Uh, and you can go through some of the old story franchises like Chicago, but when it comes to showing up and, and turning out, no, it's it's uh, 100% uh, Green Bay Packers own it for the most part. Uh, anyway, that being said, it is uh, it is a Monday, and we got Grant Bills back in studio today. Grant, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Bill. It's just so good to hear your voice and be back. It is, yeah. How was your vacation, by the way? It was good, and you're right. The weather has been uh, very unusual out there because I was probably, I don't know, five or six hours further west of where you are right now, and the second half of the week last week was cloudy and pretty rainy, yeah. and I've, I've been in Montana, I don't know, for the last five years in August, and normally it's 90 and sunny every day. It was very weird. Yeah, it's uh, last year was 107, and when I got off the air... Uh, here uh, where I do the show, which I am up top. And if people are watching on the live stream, you can kind of see some of the shots from where I'm at. But uh, I'm under a tin roof. And by the time we got off the air last year on the Thursday before we left, it was 121 degrees up here. Today it is a whopping 63. So you talk about a stark difference. 
uh, via reality. And we got a little bit of a misty rain today. Uh, I, I'll say, tell you this. Normally they get storms out here that come through their gully washers and they're gone. And then everything dries out. Starting on Thursday of last week, it rained Thursday. It started raining again heavy on Friday. And one of those steady, heavy, which we wish we had in Wisconsin, those steady, heavy, soaking rains that last like 24 hours. It rained from Friday all the way through pretty much late into the evening on Saturday night. Because uh, we had friends are with us and they have a car. So we drove down to Deadwood and hung out down there. But what it's done is a lot of the campgrounds, now here it's a little more hilly, so the water runs off, but it's turned them into mud pits. Uh, the Buffalo Chip is a mud pit. The the uh, Iron Horse is a mud pit. Uh, the Bulldog Campground, not quite as much. Right across from us, kickstands, mud pit. And it's, you know, motorcycles are, are going over and, and campers and RVs, big, massive RVs. They can't get up the hills, so they're stuck. Uh, we saw numerous. They had to bring in front-end skid loaders to pull some of these things through the mud. It just it was nasty. Finally, yesterday, the sun came out, the winds picked up, and it started to dry it out. It dries pretty quick out here, so it started to dry it out. So, But, yeah, over the weekend, man, it was it was tough. It was more people in cars than they were on bikes, that's for damn sure. So, uh, Grant, what did you think? What has the reaction been back in Wisconsin via family night? It's a lot of Bears fans and Packers fans arguing about this Jordan Love throw. And I'm sure you've seen the clip. It's the throw where he's rolling to his left and he throws sidearm around a defender to Aaron Jones. It's kind of a nice, cool play. And Bears fans are saying that it's a sack and Packers fans are like, who cares? It's practice. I, why do Bears fans care so much about Jordan Love? Why do Packers fans care so much about <laughs> Justin Fields? I don't care this much about Jordan Love as much as some Bears fans care. So that's the clip, and that's what I think people are still talking about from family night on Saturday. So we are at the pool yesterday, and there is a group of people from Wheaton, Illinois, and all Bears fans. And we're sitting there talking, and then somebody uh, from a, a Texas Harley-Davidson dealership who we know says, well, that guy over there is from Wisconsin and used to do Packers stuff. So before you know it, they come over and we're in this discussion. And you talk about a fan base that now, it, which I asked the guy at one point, I'm like, you're pounding your chest awful hard for somebody that hasn't won anything since 85. And he looked at me and went, ah, you're right. He said, at least now we have hope. So... On one hand, Packers fans are like, okay, whatever. You know, we've pretty much owned you for the last 30-plus years. Uh, and Bears fans, Vikings fans, Detroit Lions fans, they're all like, finally, finally we've got something to not necessarily crow about, but we've got like a, they feel like maybe it's a legitimate playing field, an even playing field now because the Packers don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback under center that they maybe can get past. So, and I just kind of look at them and say, okay, if that's what you got to grab onto, that's what you have to grab onto. And, you know, if you if you win a couple of games here or there, much like you did early on in Rogers' career, Favre's career, okay, so be it. We'll see where the dominance ends up over the next 15 to 20 years. But it, it, that's that's what they've got. They kind of they're, – they're feeling it now because they feel as if the cloud is lifted. They are no longer going to be dominated. And, and whipped into submission because the Packers have clearly had better quarterback play than they have. And, uh, I mean, you go back, like Vikings fans, they've had some pretty decent quarterbacks. I mean, you go back with Randall Cunningham, Dante Culpepper, you know, obviously, you know, Kirk, Kirk Cousins as of late has played pretty well. They just haven't been able to win. They haven't been able to win a championship. Whereas the Packers with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, people will make fun of the Packers and go, you guys only won two. 
And I, I ask every fan, Detroit, Minnesota, and Chicago, since 1986 and on, how many of you won? And then they all stare at you with that blank face, like you're red, like you're like you're like you're looking at your dog with a treat in your hand, going, "Would you like a treat?" And they go, eh? and "That's exactly the reaction it is," because they haven't won anything. So now they've got a little, maybe you know, muscle to flex because they feel like there's at least hope within the division that the dominating. It would be the same thing as if, you know, say uh, Orioles became dominant and. Judge goes down, and their pitching staff goes down, and the Red Sox, you know, have to rebuild. And they would finally say, okay, the almighty Yankees, the almighty Red Sox are no longer in our face, and we're finally on top. We finally have a legitimate shot. Maybe it would be that same sense. But the Packers have been that dominant, you know, dominant team in the NFC North for quite some time. So I I completely get it, completely get it. In the meantime, what the hell happened to the Brewers? Here came the Pirates. The Pirates are on the downswing. And I'm thinking, get two out of three from the Pirates, win a series, off you go. And damn, they've lost three straight series now. What the hell happened to the Brewers over the weekend? So I don't know. I I was pretty disconnected last week. But, you know, I'm watching scores. I was listening to, you know, Ebo and the guys in the morning, and they're losing their mind about the Brewers. It, they split the series against the Pirates. I get it's not ideal, but they're still in first place. Brandon Woodruff looked good yesterday. I Maybe it's because I was disconnected from that debacle against the Nationals last week, but... I. I don't know. I'm not losing my mind about the tough week that the Brewers just had. They're still in first place, and they're getting healthier. I uh, they It was a four-game series, so technically they didn't lose it. But over the weekend, they win one out of three, and it's like, what the hell are you talking about? God, to the Pirates. It's just frustrating because they were hitting the hell out of the baseball, and all they needed was the pitching to, to kind of come through for them. And they had some good outings and such, but, damn, when you really need to make up some ground and you really have an opportunity staring you in the face – then again, Cincinnati didn't do a whole lot. I mean, it's not like Cincinnati was running away with things. but They've lost six man, in a row, man. haven't they? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So at least the timing of it for you to split with a what I would consider to be a, a lackluster team, uh, at least the timing of it is not terrible. But these are the games you look at. Like the Brewers right now, one and a half games up. And, and by the way, one and a half games up on the Cubs. The Cubs are running. And 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're playing a lot of winning baseball. And the Cubs don't look now, but the Cubs are plus 75 in run differential. Plus 75. They're hitting the ball. Their pitching staff's been pretty good. Plus 75. The only team in the green in, uh, in the NL Central, which makes me a little bit nervous because they're really starting to put things together. So when I look at this and I say, I never thought the Cubs would be where they're at. Kudos to the Cubs for not packing it in. They just kind of stayed the course, and it's giving us all the reality of, oh, yeah, by the way, it's a very long baseball season. Cincinnati has fallen off, losers of six straight. The Brewers just kind of hanging in there. But these are the games that and, – and Tim Allen and I, when I was at the old place, used to argue about this uh, because everybody else would always say, it's, ah, it's one game. Ah, it got away one game. It's a long season. When – you let enough of the, oh, by the way, it's only one games go, and you lose one, two, five, six, eight along the way that you shouldn't have lost, that you should have won, and suddenly you find yourself in a battle for a, a game and a half up. Had you won those games and played better fundamental baseball and come up with a clutch hit or done something different, you, you would be sitting on top by seven games right now, and this wouldn't even be an issue. And these are the things that really, going back to April and May, bother the hell out of me because they had a lot of those games that they just let slip through their fingers specifically here as of late where 
you just need a clutch hit. Or you go back to the game against Washington, and they had a man on in every inning and only could play a couple of runs. That's the kind of stuff that starts to drive you nuts because you're thinking to yourself, man, if you can't get this done and you start peeing away these games, you're going to end up losing this division by three, four games, and it's the three or four games you pissed away along the way that ended up costing you the most. So you can't – every game's valuable. I keep going back to the George Carl mentality when he was here. Every possession is valuable. Every game is valuable. And, and these are the things that drive Brewers fans absolutely bonkers, without a doubt. Uh, let's do this. By the way, we are going to talk – to the first ever, because we do a lot of veteran stuff uh, on this program, the first ever female commander of the VFW is going to join us here at the bottom of the hour. The guys locally, Milwaukee, they're out here. Um, Warren and Scott and Jeremy and the guys from Mama Tried and the Flat Out Friday group, they're here doing some stuff out in Sturgis, South Dakota. we got Mike Clemens coming up in about an hour from now. Going to hear from Matt LaFleur today as well. So we got a lot coming up. Stay tuned. If you want to get a hold of the program, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You can track us down at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Wisco Grant for Grant Bills over on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can email the program, vbillmichaels at uh, gmail.com. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff as well. And uh, over on YouTube, go to YouTube.com. And I've got a lot of, I've got four or five different camera angles today uh, showing you the Bear Butte out in the background. We're here at Full Throttle in the Pappy Hoyle Campground. We got some shots of uh, over the Twisted Tea Pool. Some uh, shots from down below uh, the check-in area. So a lot of good stuff coming up today. If you want to watch on the live stream, go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. And you can track us down there as well. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sunday, September 3rd, speaking of the Aurora Motorcycles, we need you. Need you big time. Looking forward to the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd for Fisher House, Wisconsin. Going to start at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Going to end up at Steel Tank Brewing out in Oconomowoc. And it's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, Water Doctors, Pottawatomie Hotel, Casino, and uh, a lot of great people and volunteers that work really hard to try to put this thing on. And we've got some terrific prizes and donations uh, for those that pre-register. So if you pre-register, you got a shot at winning packages anywhere from 600 bucks all the way up to over a $1,200 package, uh, taking you down to maybe see the opener in Chicago between the Bears and the Packers with an overnight stay at the Sheridan Grand Riverwalk. Uh, we have also got a great whiskey uh, sub- cigar basket. We've also got a weekend stay at the Four Seasons Island Resort up in Pembine, Wisconsin. So a lot of great stuff, but you can't get any of it if you don't pre-register and get yourself in. Plus, it gives you a discounted ticket or two to go to the Harley-Davidson Museum, which they're opening their doors to us. Uh, They're going to have a pancake breakfast, Bloody Mary bar, all that kind of good stuff. And then we're going to be off to the Rock Complex, the Penny Bar, Knucklehead, out to Stoll's Old 109 before we finally end up at uh, Steel Tank Brewing in Oconomowoc for one hell of a party. And then we also do the poker hands for the poker ride, which are going to be dealt by our great friends from Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. So a lot of good stuff. And if you uh, see the uh, 
the QR code right now over on the screen, if you're watching on the live stream, just scan it. It'll take you right to the pre-registration. You're good to go. Otherwise, if you're listening to me and you want to get involved, Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. And all the information, links, and all that good stuff are right there. So thanks to everybody for being a part of it. And you hear some roaring motorcycles almost on cue in the background. Not a bad way to go. Um, this is from uh, this is from uh, Keith who said, hey, I read the link that you put out about the Albert Breer piece regarding Jordan Love. It's incredibly interesting that they're focusing on the Philadelphia game and not what, on, what went on in the past. Do you think that they're fo- focusing too much on the positive and, and hoping? I, you know... It's, and if you didn't read it already, basically what it is, and it's a really good piece. Albert Breer was in town uh, for Sports Illustrated at camp, and they go back to uh, a play, basically, and it's a, it's a great breakdown, but I want to give you the Cliff Notes version, a great breakdown of last year uh, when all the quarterbacks are in a quarterback room and Matt LaFleur is going over the play calling, that there was a specific play that, each quarterback will rank in their mind of what is a good play, what is something that they're confident in, to something that maybe they're not so confident in running. And when Aaron Rodgers went down, Matt LaFleur saw a particular play and said, look, this is going to work. And he called it in because he remembered that Jordan Love was not confident in running this particular play. So he called it in, and Jordan Love said, hey, look, let's just go ahead and do it. Let's run it. And it was a 17-yard pass play, but he executed it perfectly. You know, short of the touchdown pass to Christian Watson, this was the play that really kind of made Matt LaFleur go, wait a minute, this guy who wasn't confident in this was confident enough to say, bring it, and I'll execute it. And he did it to perfection. And that was the play that started to turn the opinion around and really make people inside that front office and Matt LaFleur and company believers that he had the talent and the ability to take over as the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. It's a a very fascinating article about the mindset of Matt LaFleur, the mindset of Jordan Love, and what really then did alleviate the anxiety of the loss of, or I shouldn't say loss, but the trade of Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I don't... um, Going back to your question, they do mention the poor performance in Kansas City. And Matt LaFleur talks about that, knowing that Steve Spagnuolo is going to empty the, the the farm and bring blitzes. He always brings pressure anyway, but he brought a lot of zero pressures. And it just, you know, Matt LaFleur didn't play call very well, and Jordan Love didn't handle it very well. And what a difference a year made in – then Jordan Love coming in and taking over for Rodgers, who got banged up in the fourth quarter of that game against Philadelphia, and performing the way he did. And you can look at it as one of two things. One is, okay, he didn't play well in Kansas City, and that was a defense that was specifically scheming for him. Or, and that can give you pause for concern, or you can look at it as, hey, from that game, he has progressed not only in ability but in confidence and has really got a grasp of the offense so much better in that third year that he then became confident enough to run a play that he wasn't even confident of that was being called by Matt LaFleur, and that opened eyes. So depending on how you 
want to view this and what side of optimism you want to lean on, which is fine, but you, you don't know yet. There's still a very vast uncertainty because Jordan Love has not won a game yet in the National Football League. So while Bears fans are very confident in Justin Fields and Justin Fields has played his ass off and he has won football games, and you give him credit for that, to the other side of the fence, Jordan Love has not, but but you can um, you can look at it as he has not won football games, but he has gained confidence from the front office and his head coach enough to say, you're ready to go. You're ready to go. 877-867-1670. And Rick, you very may well be right over on the live stream. He said it could be Tom Clements has made a, a world of difference. And that's true. That's true. Um, Jordan Love didn't start out great on family night. Looked pretty good by the end. Uh, the kicking game looked better with all eyes upon it. So that was that was uh, a difference. Uh, Danny Etling, subsequently, right after family night, he was let go. A guy that knows and understood the system, and now you're down to uh, Sean Clifford and Magoo and obviously Jordan Love. And those guys are the signal callers for the Green Bay Packers now. Saw a lot officially. of good things about Sean Clifford, Bill. Did you see yep. a lot of tweets, a lot of comments? I was like, what the hell? Really? Sh- Sean Clifford has opened eyes in camp, and it's um, he has not made it any kind of a competition because it's really not. It's Jordan Love's you know job, uh, but there have been a lot of people that have looked at Sean Clifford and said, "Wow, this guy, this guy's pretty good," and made some really good throws, and he has done some really good things, and he gets it. He's uh, from what you understand uh, with Sean Clifford, is he's been able to absorb this offense pretty quick. And it, which has been really impressive as well. So he has opened eyes. There's no doubt about it. I don't know how confident I am. And, you know, if, if, say, Jordan Love goes down, like Sean Clifford's going to come in and just lead him. But then again, I think Brock, if anything, Brock Purdy taught us, it's that, you know, hey, you can be the most irrelevant person on the roster and still come in and just find your niche and be a contributor. So the Brock Purdy effect remains and uh, so if Sean Clifford is called upon maybe he can come in and fill the bill for a game or two or a quarter or two so uh, but he did open some eyes he basically showed what a lot of the reporters had already been whispering is that hey he's pretty good he's better than what we anticipated put it that way uh, we are expecting uh, to join us coming up here shortly the first female commander of the VFW who is out here on site. They do a lot of cross-promotion with us in Fisher House, Wisconsin. We're going to talk with her coming up here in just a little bit. And uh, we're going to continue on after the top of the hour. Mike Clemens is going to join us, and we're going to get a lot of stuff from Mike. Mike is going to give us his thoughts on family night, his thoughts on Danny Etling being jettisoned, and uh, we'll get a lot more on that and also on the kicking game specifically to talk about and then what some of the comments of Matt LaFleur and such after the fact. So... Uh, that all coming up. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hang in there. We've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. We are live out here, Sturgis, South Dakota. And uh, just enjoying the day today. And this portion brought to you by our friends at JL Tire and Service Center. Thanks for voting them the best tire dealer uh, in the Watertown area, Johnson Creek area. They're on Johnson Creek, north of 94. If you're a big rig driver and you need some help, they have the facilities to take care of you. 
And if you're out in Watertown, whether it's, uh, you know, a minivan that needs an oil change or you need new tires getting ready for the winter, whatever it happens to be, check out our friends at JNL Tire and Service Center. JNLTire.com. That is JNLTire.com. And don't forget, they are hugely philanthropic people. Give back to the community in so many different ways. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Welcome back to the program. We are live. We are in Sturgis, South Dakota. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer and... Voted by you the best RV dealer in the area. They're the ones that brought us out here with our friends from Nexus. And uh, you can go to CunisRV.com and CunisRV.com. If you're out here and you're within the sound of my voice and you're taking a listen to the program today and you have a setup, say a camper, RV, motorhome, tow behind, whatever it happens to be, fifth wheel, and uh, you brought it out here from our friends at Cunis, they want a picture of it. So send it to us, TheBillMichaels.com, TheBillMichaels.com. Uh, or thebillmichaels at gmail.com, and you can send us the pictures, and uh, we would love to love to see your setup. And uh, we'll show you ours coming up here uh, tomorrow for sure, but uh, we would love to hear from you from our friends at Cunis RV. Again, Wisconsin's fastest and best-growing RV dealer in the state of Wisconsin. And uh, joining us here now, Carol Whitmore, who is the junior vice commander, correct? Correct. Okay, I wanted to make sure I got all that right. The junior vice commander, the first female junior vice commander in the VFW. And thanks for coming by. How are you doing? I'm I'm great. I'm enjoying the rally out here and meeting a, a lot of wonderful people out here. Jesse James Dupree out here at Pappy Holes. He's been so kind and generous with the VFW. Right. And, and now you also, Bill. Thank you so nope, much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So, first of all, let's talk about being the first female vice commander. Yes. You know, junior vice yeah. commander. i got to make sure I get all the technical yes. terms right. I don't want to make anybody mad back at home. Right. Uh, but h- how do you rise through the ranks of the VFW, and uh, how does this process happen? Well, it, this was very unexpected for me. This was not really part of my plan or path to do this, but uh, I felt uh, compelled to do this because I saw a gap between how female veterans are viewed, uh, not just in the VFW, but, uh, you know, really across the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, the perception is it's still a male-dominated, you know, uh, military, but uh, female veterans are the fastest-growing demographic in the military. And uh, I'm hoping to change that perception with the public that uh, females are veterans also, yeah. and, and we need to appreciate an, an undervalued demographic so as you're sitting here talking to me before we went on the air you uh, filled me in that you were in the army correct how many years 36 36 years in the army yes. so yeah you've earned it yes well yeah. <laughs> it, it was my honor to serve you know it i was that again was kind of unexpected for me to stay the, as long as i did but uh, it was absolutely the correct thing for me to do i was a nurse in the in the army and uh, i uh, really uh saw the world my last tour was iraq in 2010 yeah. and 11 and uh, i i'm very appreciative of living where i do right seeing the rest of the world i've always said when you come here this is uh i we brought some friends with us who had never been here before and whether it's the motorcycles that you see the campsites that you see but then you look at the hills and you go to deadwood and you go to the different cities and you're like wow and you start to think about the way the country was built, people crossing this terrain before the roads and the infrastructure and stuff, 
And then the land that it is, the defendable land that it is, it's like, wow, you're, it's almost like you've gone back in American history yes. and you absorb that while you're here. Yes. And hopefully everybody that's here then takes a piece of that home to them. Yes, and, and this is, you know, the, the perfect reason why, uh, you know, veterans uh, should be appreciated because we have this and, yeah. and veterans have fought uh, to make sure that we keep this. So tell me a little bit about the VFW because you guys do not only stuff like in our backyard, we do a lot of cross-promotion with you, but nationally. And what, what right now, what is your, your mission call? Mission of the VFW is absolutely to advocate for veterans who cannot do it themselves. And, uh, you know, we are the largest combat veteran organization in the world. We uh, take care of veterans in so many different ways. We have a help a hero program that uh, we have donated millions of dollars unmet needs which they have generously put uh, jars downstairs here at uh, the Pappy Hole uh, campground to donate to that we have uh, donated over 11 and a half million dollars to veterans with unmet needs sport clips so that uh, veterans can augment their college when the GI Bill doesn't uh, provide enough for them and their mm -hmm. families, we donate to them. Uh, we've given over $13 million to uh, family, veteran families in crisis when they can't pay their rent, when they have food insecurity. We donate to those families. Mm -hmm. And we have recouped over $11 billion for veterans with their VA pension and disabilities. And that is huge. That is what we do. That is the VFW mission. Yeah. So when you get uh, to a place like this, are you just raising the awareness? Or are you, is there a specific mission here for that? It's both. It is both to raise awareness, to represent, and to recruit people into the VFW and uh, make them aware that we're not that smoky bar down the road anymore. Right. We are... We are out in force, uh, you know, to advocate for veterans. That's what we do at Capitol Hill. We make sure that the PACT Act, the promise to address comprehensive toxins, uh, that word is out for veterans that have been exposed to Agent Orange, to the burn pits in Iraq and Afghanistan, so that they get their benefits that they deserve, that they were exposed to. Before we let you go, if there is somebody out there that wants to reach out, if they want to get a hold of you, if they want to find out more information, where do they go? They can go to vfw.org. Uh, anybody can go to that website. There's a donate button at the top if they want to. You know, they can donate uh, without being a member. Uh, they can call. There's a number on there to call also if they want to become a member, if they're eligible. They served in, on uh, foreign soil, hospital hostile uh, environment uh, they probably are eligible there's a, a list of eligibility that's on that website also yeah. and uh, you know there's you know just go to that website vfw.org and you can find out a uh, vast amount of information about what the VFW does. Well, congratulations you guys are doing a great job here but congratulations to you on being now in a couple of years you might you'll be back in the 85th and you know this anniversary and then you'll be the 
the head person. Yes. I don't want to say the head dude. <laughs> so the head person. Head, head, head dudette. <laughs> the dudette. Yeah. So, but great to have you up. Thanks so much for coming by. And Thank I know you, Jesse, Bill. it's near yes. and dear to his heart. So yes. appreciate it. Okay. Thank you so much. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, Carol Whitmore joining us up here. We are live. We are at Pappy Hoyle Campground in uh, the full throttle and enjoying ourselves. We're going to be back. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Don't forget, Mike Clemens coming out after the top of the hour. Talk a lot about Packers family now. we got more coming up after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show. We are uh, we are live. We are here at Happy Hoyle Campground at Full Throttle Saloon, and uh, just enjoying uh, our time here, here today, here tomorrow, and uh, back at it uh, a week from today. As Grant Bills is going to take you on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. Uh, Packers getting set to take on the Cincinnati Bengals coming up later this week, Friday night. As a matter of fact, as they're going to do some practices with Cincinnati. And uh, getting ready to head to the Queen City and uh, start to work out. Joe Burrow is uh, Cincinnati Bengals, by the way, as Joe Burrow has that calf strain. And he's coming back from that. But uh, that being said, it's, uh, you know, the first preseason game of the year. You get kind of amped up. You start to get a final look at uh, some of the things that we've been talking about uh, for the last couple of weeks when it comes to Packers camp. So excited about that. You get a, a chance to see some of the things that were maybe polished or a little unpolished on family night. Now they start to uh, at least look more real once uh, you're playing an opponent. So, And some of these joint practices uh, Matt LaFleur loves because it creates competition in camp. So Good to uh, good to have all of that upcoming this week. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. One of the things we're going to talk with Mike Clemens. Mike Clemens, by the way, up in Green Bay, going to come and join us uh, here in about uh, 15 minutes, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but one of the thoughts is about playing time in the preseason. Pac fan just brought it up over on the live stream, as a matter of fact. The thoughts on Jordan Love possibly not playing in the preseason uh, and said, uh, I think it's a massive mistake by LaFleur if he sits love the entire preseason. I completely agree. Uh, now, the one thing I will say, Matt LaFleur looks at these joint practices as semi-game time type conditions because these guys are getting after it on both sides of the ball. But there is something to be said for a drive or two or three, getting into a rhythm, you know, I, I just, and, and teams aren't really showing a ton, but it's just running the offense. It's getting in and out of the huddle. It's getting all of that rhythmically down, not just in a practice situation where there is no consequence um, as far as penalty and game time situations. So I, I think it's a mistake. I, I completely agree. If they do not play him at least a little bit, at least a little bit, I, I would play him. Quite a bit. I'd play him at least a quarter or two in, uh, against Cincinnati. Uh, I'd probably play him three quarters in the second game of the preseason and then maybe sit him for the last preseason game. But I think for a guy that does not have many reps in the National Football League, I think as many reps as you can get him will be of value. Uh, now, if it turns out that he's getting killed, 
maybe you're not going to play Bakhtiari at all. Maybe you're not going to play some of the offensive linemen at all. You look at it in that sense and say, okay, look, he's not, not going to be as protected as we would like him to be. Okay, I understand that mentality. But, I, man, I, I, just, uh, I would disagree with not playing him at all. I would, I would disagree with that. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, that's the way to go ahead and do so. You can also hit us up, vvillemichaels at gmail.com. want to remind you, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Master Z. Summer is not by any stretch of the imagination. Ova. Not at all. There is still time to get out and enjoy your outdoor living space, whether it's patio furniture, if you need an umbrella, how about an outdoor bar, bar stools, Adirondack chairs, fire pits, gas, and wood, all of that. Grills, grill accessories, they carry it all. You can see it today, have it tomorrow. That is our friends from Master Z's. Call them 262-746-5931, 262-746-5931. They're on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. And go out there and see what it's all about from our friends at Master's Ease on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. Uh, this one is from uh, Jake who says, I don't believe, uh, oh, no, Jake, well, I already got to that one. This one's uh, from Chris who says, Jordan Love looked okay, did not look great. Uh, for a glorified practice, you would figure he would look even better. I don't have a lot of faith in Jordan Love at this point, do you? Uh, look, it's, it's not about faith. It's about just show me what you got. I mean, as far as, I, I don't know. And I've said this before, and, and I'll say it again. I, when you ask me questions like that, are you asking me to agree with you or are asking me for this modicum of, hey, man, can you tell us if you have some hope and some faith in him because we want to believe in him? And I think sometimes that's what people are looking for. And I never want to lie. I never want to disappoint. I just I, – I'm, I'm of the, the belief right now of let's just see what he can do. Let's just see what Jordan Love can do. And let's see if he makes believe. For those that are non-believers, like myself, let's see if he can make believers out of us. For those that are believers, let's see if he gives you validation. And hopefully he doesn't disappoint. As a Packers fan, you hope he doesn't disappoint. That's it. Nothing more than that. That's all I'm looking for. Um, Scott says, love in the preseason, certain number of plays or possessions each game. I would say if I had to, I in the first preseason game against Cincinnati you're not going against Joe Burrow you're playing on a fairly decent turf um you know you can see you know there's nothing although some say you don't want to play on a turf field you'd rather play on a grass field for you know quarterbacks but it's a decent turf it's not a turf say like Detroit where they have issues with it they have not had a lot of issues in Cincinnati with their turf um you know a few series two three series at least Get them into a rhythm a little bit. Let's see what the offense can do. Get a couple of drives, and then then you've got something on tape to go back and and teach with. Uh, to me, that would be the way to go. The second game, which is going to be at Lambeau, I think at that point in time, maybe he plays a full half, you know, and then after that, uh, if you want to sit him in the final preseason game. I mean, I'd love to see him play more. I don't think – I've never lived by the – you got to play scared in the NFL. I'm afraid to, excuse me, I'm afraid to put him out there. He could get hurt. You can get hurt in a practice. You know, I get it. They wear red jerseys. I understand all of that. I, but you're going to be going in joint practices where they're coming after him anyway. And I get that those are going to be more simulated game conditions uh, than just a regular practice. 
you know, back at Lambeau or back at the Rainitsky Field. I understand that, but I, I think for a guy that has never had consistent snaps in the NFL, you you have to take that into consideration. So we'll see how much he actually gets. 877-867-1670. Hit us up, 877-867-1670. Uh, Mike says, wow, what a difference a few months make. Can you find tape from the draft uh, on all the talking heads and Monday morning quarterbacks stating how terrible of a pick that Goody wasted reaching on Sean Clifford? I'm glad he looks really good. Trust Goody. Trust the process. That's from Mike. Uh, Mike, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I, I didn't have a problem with the pick. I was on yesterday on CBS Sports Radio with Jody Mack, and he was uh, also questioning the pick and questioning Goody, saying, man, how did they not go out and find themselves a veteran? And, well, two things. One is they don't have a lot of money. There's not a lot of money to spend on a veteran backup to lead this team. Secondly, you don't want controversy. You don't want suddenly a veteran, quote, looking over the shoulder of Jordan Love. You want Jordan Love to feel comfortable in the position knowing he's the starter. Okay, it's not necessarily a rebuild year because you've got too much talent, too many veterans on this team. But you're looking for this guy to become your leader. You're giving him all the confidence. You traded away Aaron Rodgers. So you're, in essence, saying, you know, look, one, we're tired of the drama. Two, this guy's ready to go. He's our guy. So... In doing all of that, you don't go out and find a veteran to say, well, just in case, though, I think what they did was right. Go out and find a, uh, you know, a, a college backup. Then they've got Magoo, who has played. He's seen live reps going to the USFL. So it's not like he's coming in completely raw, not having seen real, we'll say, in pro or semi-pro football, so to speak. He's got a little bit of that under his belt. You're okay. I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of – I don't – I don't have a lot of issues. Um, so with them not going and getting a veteran. But like I said, they only have $16 million bucks, And throughout the season, you're going you're gonna to need to spend that money. So if you're going to bring in a veteran, even if it's a, for a veteran's minimum, a million or two, that that's still a chunk of money. You're not going to come in and bring a guy in and pay him $15 million to be a backup. That's not going to happen. That's not what I'm saying. But you're not going to pay a veteran one or two million bucks to come in and sit behind Jordan Love and to look over his shoulder, especially let's say Jordan Love starts off slow the first couple of weeks, and suddenly people are saying, you gotta, you got to put this guy in. He knows it. He can win. You've got veteran team. And suddenly you create your own controversy. You don't need to do that. And that's I guarantee you that's one of the reasons that went into consideration as to why not to bring in a, a, a veteran backup. So I still think Jordan Love needs reps. But I understand them not bringing in a veteran backup. And, look, hey, if Sean Clifford continues to grow, you've got a trade chip. Um, I guess if you look at, um, you know, Sean Clifford as just a viable backup, a guy that can come in, maybe he's, again, maybe he's like a a Brock Purdy-esque type of quarterback. That if, God forbid, anything does happen to your guy, he's not looking over his shoulder, but he can come in and fortify and if that and if that in part then turns into a quarterback controversy, so be it, because you got two young guys that are being paid somewhat minimally to run your team. And if that turns into a quarterback controversy, well then so be it, because Jordan Love's been in the system three years, he should be better. But beyond that, that's the reason why they didn't go out and get a veteran backup. We're going to talk with Mike Clemens coming up here in about uh, two minutes, so stay tuned. We are broadcasting live. We're here. 
at the Pappy Hoyle Campground and the Full Throttle Saloon. Full Throttle was rocking last night. Slaughter was on the stage. Coming up, you have got Counts 77, and we talked about that last week with uh, the uh, Danny Corkle from Counts Customs, Counting Cars. Uh, we're going to talk with him tomorrow. Jesse James Dupree from the band Jackal is going to be here tomorrow. This is Jesse's place, and he invites us here and takes care of us, so we thank him for that. And uh, we are brought to you by our friends from Ansia Sound Art, Sound Art USA, soundartusa.com. That is soundartusa.com. You can take any picture, put it on a canvas, and they put speakers in the back of it, Bluetooth speakers, and it's amazing, amazing sound, amazing quality, and they're hidden. They're facing your wall. You can't fit, you, you don't have big clumsy speakers anywhere out. You just hear it coming from uh, somewhere within the air. Really cool pieces, whether it's a gift, something you want in your own home, something for a business to give to, say, somebody that buys a new RV, somebody that buys a new home, a new motorcycle, whatever it may be. Check out Sound Art USA. Mike Clemens joining us next on The Bill Michael Show.